So today is the first Sunday in Advent, and the first Sunday in Advent, we, we remember prophecy. Because as we prepare our hearts for Christ, we remember that Jesus didn't just come, but rather it, it was spoken about for centuries, for millennia, for generations, about someone who's going to come and change us and change the world and fix the mess that we'd gotten ourselves into. And so we're going all the way back to the beginning, looking at Genesis 3, and you don't have this in your worship folder, but when God speaks to the serpent after Adam and Eve sinned, after Adam and Eve messed up, realized that they, they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They realized that they were naked. They realized shame. They realized sin. They realized evil. That, that they weren't good in and of themselves. They realized that. And so God comes and curses the serpent. But in the curse towards the serpent, God gives us a promise. And the Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all the beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. The word bruise, crush, break. Destroy. So all of this that Satan has worked to destroy, God would take that and he would destroy Satan through it. God's going to turn it on its head. So that's the prophecy. That's the beginning of the gospel. That God was going to send an offspring of Eve somewhere along the line to destroy all the works of Satan. He would be wounded in doing so, but he would be victorious. And this is the prophecy that we have. And this is is why we gather together. This is why we come and worship. Not because these things are better than other religions. Not because Christianity is superior. It is, but not because of that. It's because it's true. It's because it's true. Because God has done this. And so as we look forward to Christmas, as we prepare our hearts in Advent, we remember, this is true. Because apart from Jesus, the works of Satan are still in my life. And he cleanses those. And he cleanses me. And he cleanses us. And he cleanses this world. This is Christ crushing the head of Satan. Praise God. So we're going to look at another fulfillment today. And that actually you do have in your worship folder. Luke 1, verses 57 through 66. I'm actually going to read out of my Bible. Would you please rise out of honor of God's word. Luke 1, verses 57 through 66.
And I read in Jesus' name the, the birth of John the Baptist. Luke 1, 57 through 66. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father, inquiring what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed and he spoke, blessing God. And fear came on all their neighbors. And all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judah. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. Let us pray. Father, as we come to study your word, to try to understand what this means for us, what this means, what's going on. Lord, we pray that you would bless us, that you would help us to apply these truths to our lives, that we would live them out to the glory of your name. Father, we thank you. We thank you for these truths. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So, we need to remember that Mary's left now. Mary's gone home. Elizabeth, she's old. This, this, is, this is crazy. She was, uh, you know, wife of a priest. She was of the line of Aaron. She, but she had been barren. She had been barren. They weren't able to have children. Uh, you know, this is before the days of birth control, so obviously this wasn't intentional. And so Elizabeth was promised by God through Zechariah that she would give birth, that she would have a boy. You know, and today with ultrasounds and all of that fun stuff, we, we can kind of know in advance that you're going to have a boy. You know, we, had, we did the ultrasound for Anton and we were excited because then we could make sure that we had boy stuff around. You know, and then we checked with Rachel and we were excited. We could have girl stuff around and with Sora. I was like, well, they're doing it anyways, doing the ultrasound anyways, we'll check. But we've already got boy stuff. We've already got girl stuff. And so we didn't have to buy anything. Thank you for all of you who have given thing, gave things, but we've given a lot of those away too. So, um, but at this time, you're going to have a son. That was a prophecy. You know, you're going to get pregnant. That was a prophecy. But Elizabeth, what's going on with Elizabeth is the fulfillment of the prophecy. So as we read this, now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth and she bore a son. We could also read that, and God answered his promise. And God fulfilled his word. And God moved in this world. And God showed himself faithful. And God showed himself reliable. The time came for Elizabeth to give birth. But you know, when God shows himself faithful, he shows himself faithful in his time. Not according to our time. Not according to our desires. We're not God. God knows better, doesn't he? That I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> you know, I often think I know better than God. Come on, God, why haven't you done it yet? Why haven't you worked yet? Why haven't you moved yet? Why isn't this happening according to my schedule? 
Why not yet? But in the right time. And so when God fulfills his prophecies, does God fulfill them before the right time? No. God fulfills them at the right time. God doesn't fulfill them after the right time. When God works, when God moves, he moves and he works according to his wisdom, not according to our wisdom. The time came for Elizabeth to give birth and God fulfilled his prophecy at the right time. And God fulfilled his prophecy in the right way because God provided a son. You know, I know that there's places in the world right now that are working on gender-selecting children. I know that that's one of the things we do with cattle. <laughs> you know, there's, you do gender-selecting with cattle, and, you know, well, why? Well, it's because we can. <laughs> so we do. There's other reasons, too, but that wasn't around this time. You know, we, we can't live, we can't think about it in terms of our modern medicine because God provided a son. God provided what he promised in the way that he promised it. God provided that which he desired Israel to have, God, what he desired Elizabeth to have, which he desired, which he promised that he would bring into this world. And so when, when God fulfills a promise, does he mess up? You know, really, think about that. What are the promises of God? Does he fulfill them rightly? Or does he kind of fulfill them? Does he do half fulfillments? Well, he gave a child, but he didn't give the right sort of child. He gave a child, but, it, you know, it, no. He gave a son. He gave a son at the right time. This was a gift from God. So when God says that he forgives our sins, does he kind of forgive our sins? Kind of, sort of, a little bit. God says that he'll provide. Does he kind of, sort of, provide a little bit maybe sometimes? Does God work? Does God kind of work only, only a little bit in this world? God is powerful, you guys. Praise God. God is powerful. You think about that. I think about that. I hope you think about the fact that God is powerful in this world. This is one of the things we talked about in our men's Bible study. You know, if God didn't want COVID here, he could have went, and be all gone. Because isn't God in control of the world? Doesn't God hold the universe in the palm of his hand? You know, this is God. Who are we interacting with here? When God says, I'm going to give a son, God gives a son. When God says, I give forgiveness, he gives forgiveness. When God says, I give new life, he gives new life. This is God. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. They rejoiced with her. That this was, this was a mercy. This wasn't because Elizabeth was so great. Why does God fulfill his promises? Is it because of us? No. Praise God. I, this was a struggle that I had when I was... So when I was in um, high school, there's a new radio station called Heaven 88.7. And it was, a, it was a Baptist with a big B radio station. And 
you know, they, they only, they played hymns and they played classical music, which I really like classical music and I really like hymns. And, and so I was like, oh, listen to this. And then I heard some really interesting um, sermons, you know, and there was a couple of times when I yelled at my radio. Um, I was told through that radio station that I couldn't be saved by anything but the King James Bible. That was, that was interesting. I yelled at my radio that day. Um, you didn't know if you're the only way you could know that you were saved if you properly cried over your sins. I yelled at my radio that day too. But I, I started to struggle with my own sin during that time. Like, really? How do I know that I'm saved? Those questions came up. How do I know that I'm saved? I've, have I not repented well enough? Why is there still sin in my life? And you know, I was about a junior in high school at that point when that radio station came about. And I'm not blaming the you know, the Baptists, it's just that's what it was. And they brought the question in and it's like, how do, what do I do with this? So I was a freshman in college and I was sitting in class not paying attention, which I don't encourage anybody, but I was sitting in class not paying attention and I was thinking about my sin instead of the class. It's like, how do I know that I'm saved? And Ephesians 2, 8, 9 came to mind. For it is by grace that you have been saved. It is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone could boast. And I was, I was sitting there and it, and it just dawned on me at that point that I'm not saved because I've repented properly, because, I've, because of my side of this. I'm saved because of God's side of this. This is a mercy from God. This is a gift from God. This is a work from God. God is the one who promised. And so it's not because I finally repented properly. It's because God has promised. You have been saved. I was saved at the cross over 2,000 years ago. Almost 2,000 years ago. I was saved at the cross when Jesus died for my sins. That's when the promise was given. That's when the work was given. And so it's not because of me. It's because of God. And so it's not because of Elizabeth, it's because of God's mercy. God brought about the fulfillment. God brought about the birth at the right time. God brought this about. God worked as he's promised. And so in that, we are called to respond. Because now you get this question, okay, so God has fulfilled this. God has made this promise. God has fulfilled this promise. So what do we do? We go about and live our lives in the normal way. Because what was normal? They would have named the baby Zechariah, right? That's, that's what they were going to do. Because that's what a firstborn son would have been named. It would have been named after the father to continue the parental line. And so that's what would have been normal. And so God promised something miraculous. God worked something miraculous. And the people around were just saying, do everything normal. Don't change. Don't break the mold. And they, would have had, and they would have called him Zechariah after his father, but his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. That's not the way you interact with God's promises. That's not the way you interact with God's fulfillments. You don't need them to change your life. 
keep doing things normal. Yeah, God, is, God has worked. God has promised. God has, God has moved. God moves in this world. Yeah, absolutely. But that doesn't mean that he needs to move in your life. That doesn't mean he needs to change you. That doesn't mean you need to take these things really seriously. No. No, you shall be called John. No, we're going to we're going to do what God said. We're going to do what God said. And so they, they came to Zechariah. And they made signs to his father inquiring what they wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all wondered. It's not that it will be John. It is John. Like, this is who he is. This is John. And you know, that's a big deal for Zechariah. Really, it's a big deal for Zechariah. His name and his family's names aren't continuing. Zechariah surrendered. Zechariah surrendered, you know, this continuation of his name, which was a bigger deal for the Jewish people. Now, I didn't name Anton Joe or Joseph. Why? Well, because that's not the way that we do things. But what a son represented was the continuation of God's blessing toward the family. That's what a son was. This was someone to carry on the name. This was someone to gain the inheritance. This was someone to bring the truths of God, the promises of God from days past into the future. This was the promise of a future, future in this world. That's why you named a son after your own name. Zachariah said his name is John. Zachariah is saying it's not about me. It's not about my plans. It's not about my future. It's not about my hopes. Zechariah surrendered to God, saying his name is John. Zechariah is no longer doubting. Because remember, when this stuff all started, when the angel came to Zechariah, you think about that. Zechariah is standing in the temple, and an angel appears to him and tells him, hey, you're going to have a son. And Zechariah goes, how do I know this is true? What? I don't know about you guys, but I've never had an angel appear to me. All like marriage jokes aside, I've never had an angel appear to me. And Zachariah doubts. And so the angel says, you're not going to be able to speak. Shuts him up. But now that Zachariah responds surrenders himself, surrenders his future, surrenders his desires, surrenders his name. This isn't about Zechariah anymore. Now this is about Zechariah walking in obedience to God. Now this is about Zechariah doing what God has called him to do. Why? Because God fulfills his promises. This isn't about Zechariah getting God to finally give Elizabeth a child. This is about Zechariah responding to God fulfilling his promises. This is who God is. God fulfills his promises. So what am I called to do? Trust God. Trust God not, to fulfill, not just to fulfill his promises, because he does and he has, but to respond to that, to trust God now with my future as I walk forward. How am I going to do this? How am I going to live this out? That's what Zechariah is doing. His name is John. God opens Zechariah's mouth and he blesses the Lord. And this is what we're called to as well. Did, so that prophecy from Genesis 3, did God fulfill that? 
Did God send an offspring of Eve? Did, did Christ come and crush Satan's head? Did Christ come and break the power of sin, death, and hell? Yeah, absolutely. Does God fulfill his promises? Yeah, absolutely. We should live like that, right? What are God's promises? Do you know? What are God's commands? What are God's callings in our lives? What's our vocation here? Do we live that out in order to get God to finally send Jesus? No. God has sent Jesus. God has entered into the world and changed everything. Now he's saying, live that way. Live like this is true because you know what? It is. It is true. Why do we say read your Bible? Well, so that you'll know God. So you'll know the commands of God. Why do we say pray? So that you will interact with the God who is. Does God promise that he hears your prayers? This is the God who holds the universe in, your hand, in his hand. He hears your prayers. Why do we pray? Because God hears. Why do we surrender? Because God knows best. Why do we say, not my will, but your will be done, Lord? When God doesn't answer my prayer according to my timing, what do I say? God, you obviously you're not listening to me. Obviously, you don't fulfill your promises, right? That's my sin. No, God, obviously you knew better. Thank you for not answering my prayer. You know, I think again, back to when I was in college, I prayed that God would grant me a girlfriend. You know what? He didn't. <laughs> For years. Like, God, what's wrong with me? Well, there were a lot of things. There are a lot of things. But what was the reality? No, it was a blessing. Praise God. Instead of saying, God, why? I should say, God, thank you. Thank you. You know best. You have heard. You are working. Thank you. Praise God. How do we know that God answers his prayers? Because Jesus died on the cross and rose again three days later. Period. Every other promise pales in comparison. Period. So then that question comes into my life. Are you living that way? Are you living according to that promise? Are you thinking according to that promise? Are you trusting according to that promise? Benny and I had a long conversation about this over a dead pig. <laughs> Boy, that sounded weird. <laughs> Are we living according to this promise? You, me. If you're not, come to God in repentance because you know what? He promises. He will forgive you. He doesn't say, hey, go and fix yourself and then finally come to me. No, he says, come to me. I'll change you. I'll make you fishers of men. I'll change you. Surrender to me. Trust in me. Walk in my ways. And you know what happens then? God's already worked in our lives, right? God, God's already... If God hasn't... If, if you don't know that your sins are forgiven, just look to the cross. Your sins are forgiven. Jesus died. Jesus rose again. 
Bring them to God. Ask for forgiveness. Receive that which he's given. So if you know the gospel, if you know the truth of God, how do we get that spread into this world? It's by living according to it. Because what happens then when Zechariah lives according to the gospel? According to the promise that God has given. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loose and he spoke, blessing God. He didn't spoke. He, he didn't spoke. Good grief. <sighs> Mrs. Awesome would be so ashamed. Yeah, Norwegians might, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't speak American well, let alone. <laughs> um, <laughs> he didn't speak convincing the world. He spoke blessing God. He spoke according to the promise that God had given. This is how God works. This is how God has moved in my life. See what God has done? See who God is? This is how God moves. You got a problem in your life? You know what you need? You need God. This is what he's done for me. Right? This is what he's done for me. This is how God's changed my life. I can stand up here and say that. I can stand up here and say, I was doubting my salvation. I, would, I didn't know where I was going to go when I died. All it took was looking to the cross. You know, I didn't know where I was going to go for a wife. What did it take? Prayer and patience. And God provided. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And what did that take? Prayer and godly counsel. I didn't know how to be a husband. I didn't know how to be a father. What did that take? I looked to the word of God and tried to live according to it. You know, my wife actually admits sometimes that I'm not a bad husband. (laughs) But not because of me, but because of the word of God. It's like, this is what God says. Husbands, love your wives. It's like, oh, that's what this is all about? It's not husbands, use your wives. Wives, use your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, honor your husbands. Oh, that's what... Parents, train up your children in the way of the Lord. Oh, that's what it means to have kids. Praise God. Not that I'm a perfect father, but I know the goal. Why? It's because of my wisdom. No, it's because of God's word. So we bless God. I don't know what to do with my kids. Well, you know what the word of God says? I don't know what to do with my wife. Well, you know what the word of God says? I don't know what to do with my future. You know what the word of God says? So we bless God. We draw attention to who he is and what he has done and how he's fulfilled his promises and what his word actually teaches us about living in this world. Because the way of this world, they don't know what they're doing. God does. And as we live that out, you know what that'll do? That'll cause people to fear. Because they'll realize, and I'll tell you what, this, I rejoice over some of the things going on right now. Because... Because God's causing this world to finally fear. They're realizing, our culture is realizing they don't have this stuff figured out. We can't trust our doctors to save us. We can't trust our government to save us. I hope none of you trust your government to save you. We can't trust them. We can't trust our institutions. We can't trust our media to tell the truth. Do you know that there are more people in America that trust Donald Trump to always speak the truth than the media to always speak the truth? Think about that. 
People don't trust the media. It's over 50% for President Trump. I think the last time I saw it was like 27% for the media. We can't trust these institutions. People are afraid. Praise God. Because now we know the truth. You know, I, I don't know how many times I've heard it. I have no idea what's going on. Have you guys heard that recently? I have no idea what's going on. You know what God says? <laughs> He's got it in control. He knows what's going on. I don't, me? No. God, he does. So as we walk according to God's ways, the world fears because then they know. They don't know what's going on. And then they wonder what's going on. And then they gossip. Praise God for gossip. Another strange saying. And all who heard them. So, and all these things. Look at those alls. There's a lot of alls though there. And all these things were talked about all through, or through all the hill country of Judah. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. What's, what is this? Does God actually still work in our world? Does God actually still move in our world? Does God actually still answer prayers? And Does God's ways, do they actually work? Well, you know, but this is 2020. God doesn't do that anymore, does he? Yeah. What is this? Because God always fulfills his promises. And because God always fulfills his promises and God always fulfills his word and God always works in this world like he says he will, we live accordingly. We live that out. Because that's faith. That's, I, why do I read my Bible? Because God knows a lot more than I do. And you know what? God's word is way wiser than CNN. God's word is way wiser than Fox News. And God's word is way wiser than Frederick Nietzsche or McLuhan or whoever your favorite philosopher is. Plato, Aristotle. God is way wiser. So I read God's word to learn how to live in this world instead of looking to Dr. Phil or Dr. Oz or Dr. Eatwell. So we read God's word. We come to God. We pray. We live these things out so that the world can fear and can wonder as we bless God. Any questions? That's what we're doing here. That's what we're called to do tomorrow and Wednesday and Saturday to live this out. Because you know what? It's true. This is true. Amen. Let us pray. Father, thank you. We thank you that, that you answer your promises. Lord, that you fulfill them, that, that, you, that you are the one that gives them, and then you're the one that makes them happen. And I, I ask your forgiveness. Lord, that I don't live according to your promises all the time. And I thank you for your forgiveness because you've promised it. Lord, I pray that you'd cleanse me and I pray for all those who are hearing this. Lord, that you would cleanse us, that we 
would live according to your promises, that we would live according to your word because you are wiser and you are better and you are stronger, Lord, and you are good and you love us. Thank you. Bless us now. Bless us as we need your blessing. And as we close with the prayer that your, that your son taught us, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And so now I'll call upon Kathy for our final hymn.